Folks, listen up. I've got something crucial to share with you today. In this uncertain world, you need to be prepared for anything, especially when it comes to your health. That's where the wellness company comes in, offering you peace of mind in a box with their medical emergency kit. Picture this. You're faced with a medical emergency and you need quick, effective treatment. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit is like having a strategic arsenal of life-saving medications right at your fingertips. From proven treatments like ivermectin to generic Z-Packs and amoxicillin, this kit has got you covered. But that's not all. Every kit comes with a medical emergency guidebook, ensuring you have the knowledge to use these medications safely and effectively. It's like having a medical professional right there with you when you need it most. And here's the kicker. Use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. That's right, folks. 10% off, peace of mind in a box. Don't wait until it's too late. Get your medical emergency kit today and be ready for whatever comes your way. Stay safe, stay prepared with a wellness company. Again, use code FFN to get 10% off your medical emergency kit at twc.health FFN. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. What's going on with these supposed vaccines, which are not vaccines, they're not gene therapies, they are bioweapon injections. Why can't my friends and family understand this? Because of brainwashing, because of propaganda, because this is what the deep state does. It, they are implementing this massive brainwashing attempt to hijack everybody. Hey guys, welcome to this bonus episode of The Jeff Dornick Show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we go live every single day with the live show at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 o'clock Eastern. Uh, always, always have great guests today. Earlier today was Ann Vandersteel. Tomorrow I've got Sam Sorbo joining me. Uh, you know, always, always great guests. Uh, every Thursday at noon, I've got my uh, weekly show with Karen Kingston called In the Foxhole. So make sure you guys are tuning in, in for that. You guys can either watch that here on the Jeff Dornick Show Rumble channel or uh, we set up a, its own uh, channel for In the Foxhole as well. And we're going to be taking questions specifically from the In the Foxhole Rumble channel. So make sure you guys are going over there, post your comments, questions, all that kind of stuff, and make sure that you guys are joining in the conversation. Uh, today's episode of, of, you know, the bonus episode of the Jeff Dornick Show. Um, again, in the afternoons, I always air, you know, interviews, guest hosts, things like that. Yesterday, I guest hosted on uh, my good friend, Dr. John Diamond's show, uh, America Unhinged over on Brighty on TV. I do that every other Tuesday. So uh, make sure that you guys go check them out at brighteon.tv. 
Uh, but I had on uh, Carl Crew talking about an interesting uh, topic that I don't normally dive into. Uh, so I'll tell you about I'll tell you about that in just one second. But first, I want to want to remind you guys that it, in light of everything going on in the world, we're on the brink of World War III. We've got weather manipulation go, going crazy, which means we're going to have more natural disasters as time goes on. Because hey, when you mess with God's created order enough eventually things go haywire so that one of the things that i highly recommend that everybody does is go over to freedom first beef stock up on their premium quality freeze-dried beef and, and here's why if the worst happens if disaster strikes if the apocalypse if the apocalypse happens happens typically people resort to canned food dry food they'll go they'll go get prepper supplies you know you know it'll be freeze-dried macaroni and cheese and freeze-dried carbs and freeze-dried this and if you are getting meat it's usually the leftovers the crumbles the fat the you know all the things that are left on all the scraps that are left over which is not necessarily nutrient dense it may fill you up for a bit but it's not going to give you the nutrients that you need to thrive and i want you to thrive under any situation under any scenario because hey if the worst happens you need to be on your a game which is why you need to go to freedomfirstbeef.com right now order yourself a bag 10 bags 100 bags however many bags that you get that you can afford stock up today it's premium quality non-mrna injected non-antibiotic injected non-vaccine injected cows it's freeze-dried beef okay so this is premium quality this is the stuff that will help you to thrive under any scenario i highly a lot of people are even using this in recipes today right now when there's no disaster because it tastes that good all you got to do is you add water you cook it it's good to go okay so go to free go to freedomfirstbeef.com order yourself as many bags as you guys can afford today and be prepared for whatever scenario might come your way here's the really cool thing if you use promo code jeff15 jeff15 you guys will get 15% off of anything over there at freedomfirstbeef.com i cannot highly recommend that enough really Pause the show right now. Go to freedomfirstbeef.com. Use promo code Jeff15. You guys will get 15% off. Okay. Get stocked up. Get prepared. Don't wait until it's too late. Okay. So uh today's today's episode of, of the Jeff Dornick show. This is actually an episode of America Unhinged that I guest hosted yesterday with Carl Crew. We're gonna be diving into Bigfoot. And he and here's the thing. This isn't just like a oh, we're gonna bring on this Bigfoot expert that tracks Bigfoot, never actually seen and never actually heard about. No, no. What Carl has actually done is he's actually writ written a script for a movie that's currently they're in development right now. Uh, but it's it's detailing the origin story of Bigfoot. And here's the cool thing: Carl's sec or Carl's great uncle, Jerry Crew. If you look up Jerry Crew anywhere on the internet. He's the one that coined the term Bigfoot. Now, there's a lot of myth. There's a lot of legend surrounding this story of how Jerry found it. Was it fake? Was it real? What's really going on? And so Carl and I are going to dive into the actual truth. We're going to wade and separate out the fact from the fiction, truth from falsehoods. Okay, because there's a lot of lies out there. There's a lot of grifters out there, especially in the Bigfoot movement. And so we're going to kind of decipher what's real, what's not. What do we actually think is a Bigfoot after looking at, at the evidence. You do not want to miss this uh, this episode. It's definitely not politics. It's definitely not COVID. It's definitely not, you know, uh, you know all the craziness, chaos going on in the world. But every now and then you need something fun. Uh, really get your brain going, get your mind going. And this is one of those things you, you this is an episode you guys do not want to miss. You guys are going to learn a lot. And it's going to be fascinating, fascinating uh, topic of conversation. So without further ado, this is my interview uh, my guest hosting uh, interview on America Unhinged with the one and only Carl Crew, who is the host of Fourth Watch Files here in Freedom First Network. So, without further ado, this is that this is that show. I'll catch you guys on the tail end. 
Hey guys, this is uh, my name is Jeff Dornick. I am guest hosting today for my good friend Dr. Diamond here on America Unhinged. Uh, so I truly appreciate each and every one of you guys for tuning in. I uh, got a really fun show like for you guys uh, today. It'll be a different conversation than I think you guys are used to, but it's going to be a fun one. But before I do, just want to let you guys know. I always preface it, you know, every episode that I'm in the process of building my own social media platform. We are launching it actually next month. Our beta launch is coming in January. It's been about ten months in the making. So you guys want to be a part of that? It's going to be called Pickaxe. You guys can sign up for that at pickaxe.com. It's going to be a completely constitutionally protected free speech, free speech platform, not beholden to big tech at all, algorithms that work on your behalf. And on top of that, we'll have monetization opportunities for content creators, uh, unlike anything that you guys are seeing right now within within the current social media landscape. So if you guys go over to pickaxe.com, P-I-C-K-A-X.com, you guys can sign up for that. And then uh, you guys can be a part of our beta launch when we launch next month. So make sure that you guys go to pickaxe.com and you guys uh, sign up for that. So uh, without further ado, we're going to bring on our guest for today, we got Carl Crew, uh, host of Fourth Watch Files. Uh, he's over on, uh, on on my podcast network, Freedom First Network. But Carl, glad we could sit down. Glad we could chat here for a bit. My pleasure. Great to see everyone. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. It's funny too, because like a lot of times, uh, for me with with my show, I'll talk about you know politics. I'll talk about AI and technology and Elon and rag on the World Economic Forum and all that kind of stuff. But but t- today we're gonna have a different conversation, which which I think will be fun. But but you know, talking talking Bigfoot and 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 all of that. And I think it'll 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 be it'll be interesting because I think a lot of people they just think, okay, this is this myth, this story. It's in the movies. It's in books. It's all that kind of stuff. But there's there's some interesting documentation about about you know, the fact that it very well may be a a real thing. Uh, so you know, uh, let's just let's just start w- start with this. How you know? Because I you're obviously a a believer in in Bigfoot. What? Why do you feel like it, it's a legitimate, real thing, and not just some story myth made up that's been passed down over generations? I, uh, well, first of all, it's in my family. I've, I've heard about it all my life. Um, my great uncle named Bigfoot. Uh, my father was one of the loggers that uh, logged with him on Mount Shasta, as well as my other uncle. So I've been surrounded with it all my life. But uh, I recently uh, spent about four years writing a, a feature film about it and just dove deep and uh, talked with Jerry's sons and uh, just many, many people. Peter Burns, who recently passed. Uh, he was 96. I interviewed him like six times and a brilliant man. And uh, I mean, I, I recently interviewed somebody who had three uh, three uh, experiences with Bigfoot, running into Bigfoot. And he was so scared about talking to anybody about it because he think, here's what people think I'm crazy. Go, you know what? That's all over. It's a, it's not a hoax. OK, uh, it, it's not a hoax. There's too much evidence. There's too much, too many sightings. Um, you know, there's literal, uh, even Jane Goodall is saying that it's real. Um, but I mean, you know, my great uncle, um, was a Sunday school teacher. He didn't drink and he was very, had integrity. And that's what everyone said about Jerry Crew. And, uh, um, I know that he, uh, he, he, he knows, he believes completely that they're real because he had so many interactions with them. He never actually saw them, but he heard them smelled them, sensed their movement, um, plenty of other people saw. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not even a question anymore whether it falls into the category of a hoax. Um, there's too much evidence now. And, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of elements to this that are, um, that can be, you can be fooled because there's a lot of 
things out there that could, you know, pretend to be a Bigfoot or whatever. And uh, that's really the core of my whole screenplay is uh, proving, uh, well, it's just showing that the real history of what happened with my great uncle. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I let, 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 let's let's dive into that, you know, re really quick, because, uh, you know, gr your great uncle, Jerry Crew, you know, he, he's the one that coined the term Bigfoot. So people, you know, they use that they use that name all the time. I mean, he's yeah. he's the one he's the one that came up with that. Uh, yeah. So tell for people that don't know that story. And, I, and it's funny, I always I always tell everybody it's like if you if anytime you look up Bigfoot, you'll see the name Jerry Crew, like just uh, right right there. He's like, you know, big Bigfoot, like Hall of Fame, basically. Uh, yeah. But tell tell everybody the story of Jerry Crew and how he discovered this and came up with the name and all that kind of stuff. Well, he um, was a logger and he would uh, operate a big crawler tractor. And what they were doing was they were carving roads into the woods on Mount Shasta. And Mount Shasta is very steep. It's very steep, and uh, the the road, the, the type of soil on Mount Shasta is very, it, it, it'll make a cloud of dust in a second. So my father was there. Um, he worked his way through college logging, and uh, he would water down the roads so it wouldn't get all dusted. That was his job. And he taught my other uncle to do it. But... So Jerry was uh, working for, well, with a company uh, owned by Ray Wallace. Uh, it was a logging company. And he arrived, would arrive. He would never stay at this site. He would, uh, he would stay in his house uh, and he would drive into uh, uh, to, uh, Willow Creek every day and get on Bluff Road and go to the site. And, uh, uh, and he actually did that because he taught Sunday school on the weekends. You know, every, a lot of other vloggers lived on the property. But he got there one morning and he walked out to his tractor and he looked around and he saw these big tracks all around his tractor. And he, well, what is this? He couldn't believe it. It was like, they're huge. And he, he looked around and there was no one there. And, uh, and he actually followed the tracks around his tractor and went, it went over the ridge and, you know, if you're human, if you go over the ridge, you're dead because it's so steep. But they went right over, no problem. And he's like, what, am I being someone trying to fool me or what? Uh, he didn't know what to think about it. And uh, um, later he actually was in town and he went by this little tiny taxidermy store um, with a guy named Bob Titmus. And he told Bob about it. He goes, yeah, you're probably being punked, you know. And he goes, well, do you ever know about taking a plaster cast? He goes, I don't know. He goes, he sold him a plaster cast kit. He goes, you know, take it, take a plaster next time it happens. And, but, you know, a few weeks later, he went out and there was this prince again. And like, whoa. So he, he had brought the cast with him, the uh, kit with him. And he made a plaster cast of it. And, uh, uh, you know, then he started talking to some of the local, um, the other, the other loggers. And they were like, yeah, I, I, there's something we feel we're being watched sometimes. And, you know, we've seen these tracks before and, uh, uh, you know, they were kind of getting a little spooked. And, uh, he eventually made it into town. Uh, well, first of all, before he took the tracks, he took a, a piece of cardboard and traced out one of the tracks on it and brought it to Bob, Bob Titmus in town. And he showed it to me. He goes, well, I don't know, man. This is, this is, uh, I don't know. This is probably not real, you know. And uh, uh, anyway, so he, after he made the track, 
Hey there, freedom-loving carnivores. It's Jeff Dornick from Freedom First Network, and I've got a message for you. Are you tired of feeling like your beef choices are under siege? Well, fellow patriots, it's time to fight back with Prepper All Naturals. That's right, folks. In a world where the beef industry is under constant attack, Prepper All Naturals is here to stand tall and proud as a veteran-owned beacon of quality, taste, and freedom. When the guys at Prepper All Natural set out to provide you with the finest beef products, they knew they had a duty to defend America's beef legacy, and that's why we're proud to partner with them, bringing you the best of what this great land has to offer. Whether it's their succulent freeze-dried beef cubes or their premium freezer boxes packed with steaks and roasts, we're redefining what it means to enjoy beef today and tomorrow. And let me tell you folks, their freeze-dried beef isn't just delicious, it's built to last. With proper stores, their beef cubes can maintain their quality and freshness for up to a decade, ensuring you'll never have to compromise on taste or nutrition. But wait, there's more. They're not just in the business of selling beef. They're in the business of defending freedom. That's why they promise to never sell you anything less than 100% all-American natural beef. No lab-grown imposters, no experimental jabs, and certainly no compromises with the woke agenda. So, fellow beef enthusiasts, join us in our mission to protect America's beef legacy. Visit freedomfirstbeef.com and use code FFM for 15% off your order. Because when you choose Prepper All Naturals, you're not just eating well today, you're eating well tomorrow. And together... We'll ensure that beef remains a symbol of freedom for generations to come. Prep for all naturals, where beef meets freedom. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. He was so blown away, he actually went into Humboldt, uh, Humboldt County, to Humboldt, the town of Humboldt, and drove over to the, to the um, newspaper with uh, Mr. Ganoli, and he showed him the track, and they just, whoa. And they, they brought him outside, they hold up the track, and they took a picture and he goes, hey, smile. He goes, no, I'm not going to smile. I don't want, this is not, this is real. I'm just not some joke or something. So there's a very famous picture of him holding up the track. It's actually right there behind me. I did it on a, on a poster. And, uh, uh, and they, it sat on his desk for two weeks because he didn't know what to do. You know, he thought if people are going to go crazy if he publishes this. And so he, they finally did because he, he thought that he had such integrity they did it. And everything exploded. It literally in 1958 went viral. It went wild. And like 2,500 calls came in that couple days. And uh, um, I mean, everyone contacted him. And, uh, and you know, Jerry was a very humble man. I mean, he was like, he didn't, he didn't know. He was like horrified, you know, that this such a stink came up. And uh, he got a call from uh, Ganoli at the paper. He goes, you don't even know. You got to come down here. Because there's, there's so many calls. I mean, it's just crazy. You started a, a, a thunderstorm. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was just like, uh, okay. As he came down and they, sh- they showed him all the stacks of mail. And uh, everyone, all the newspapers wanted an interview. And uh, he was overwhelmed by it. And so, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, basically what happened was the Ray Wallace, who's kind of this kind of a country bumpkin style guy. He couldn't really read or write too much. And, uh. But he ran the company, the uh, uh, logging company, and his workers started quitting because they were spooked. They were so spooked. And he started getting mad. And he goes, what is going on? I'm, you know, like someone's trying to ruin my business. And uh, 
Um, uh, and then all the press came out and he got really, really jealous uh, over the next six months, he got really jealous. I mean, he loved, he was a big storyteller. He talked all about UFOs and all this crazy stuff all the time. And he was known as the storyteller. And uh, uh, what he did was he was so jealous that he actually contacted a friend of his who had carved, he had, a, had him carved these, these prints, okay? Um, uh, and you can... Well, and, and he had them, he put them on his feet and he did fake prints, you know? So he was like, I'm going to get in on this, you know? And uh, actually later on, uh, you can see the print that the Ray Wallace made and the, the one that Jerry took, completely different. You can tell the one is all carved and all arty and the other one's just organic and scary. And, uh, but he, he got in on that and, you know, it became this huge thing and that was really the core of why I did, one of the reasons why I did the script was to tell the real story of what happened um, years later when uh, Ray Wallace died uh, his family oh Bigfoot's dead okay he's dead uh, you know my father did it and uh, all that and uh, they knew that they couldn't do that while he was alive because he would not hold up to any of the questions from reporters so as soon as he's dead, and he had all these fake prints, he was selling them at his roadside, roadside stand and all that stuff. So they wanted to make sure that the prints would sell. So they were like, yeah, Bigfoot's dead. Okay, like Shepard Smith, uh, everyone, uh, all these huge co companies. Yeah, Bigfoot's dead. And you can you can look it up. It says Bigfoot's dead. The owner is dead. It's all proof fake, blah, blah, blah. Even the guy from uh, Beverly Hills, what was it? Uh, the one with Eddie Murphy, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, what's his name? Judge Reinhold. He optioned the story of uh, Ray Wallace because he wanted to, you know, do this whole story. He had no idea <laughs> that this guy was such a fake. And uh, um, so, but finally, after the, everything died down and everyone got their clicks, you know, from it, um, these real scientists started looking at everything. And and actually, the really cool thing is there's a very famous film called the Patterson Gimlin film. And you can go on Google and type in Patterson Gimlin film and you'll see it's the only real good film of Bigfoot walking. Um, uh, and the thing is, people don't know, Jerry drew the map for uh, Roger Patterson to actually go down to this location, which was right on the property where, uh, where he had been working and get this film, you get this film. And they have never been able to debunk it. I mean, many people, oh, it's just a, it's just a costume and blah blah blah. But when you see the film, you see tendons moving under the skin, and uh, you know, couldn't they didn't have the technology to make a costume like that back then in '67? This is years after his. Uh, uh, he, he, and by the way, originally when he found these prints, he would look at the other loggers, and go, "Oh, Bigfoot was here last night," and then he. Somehow that got into the uh, newspaper article and people always say, oh, well, Gonzoli named it. No, no, no. I've even talked with uh, a guy who worked on the site and he's the one that said, no, Jerry said Bigfoot was here. So he coined that term and not intentionally. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so basically people start coming around and saying, no, look at the, the differences of astronomical. And also it's funny because Ray Wallace's kid um, he there was a hundred thousand dollars offered by a guy named John Green uh, to anyone who could reproduce the prints, and because the gate 
between each step was bigger than what a human could make. And so, you know, this uh, son of Ray Walsh, you're having to do this. And he had to press there and he had, he tied a rope and he had his little stompers on and he was hooked up to a back of a truck so he could make the big steps. And they started to do it and they were filming it and it went too fast and he, he had to go to the hospital. It was an accident. <laughs> he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. Uh, and uh, many, many scientists have studied it and uh, they can't, they can't debunk it. So, um, and my father was another one that never actually saw them, only heard them. If you've never heard of Bigfoot, you can go to YouTube and type in Bigfoot screams and hear many different versions of it. And I can only imagine being in the woods at night and hearing that and going, yeah. I mean, I can't wait to give uh, when we shoot this, we're going to go all, actually up to Willow Creek and shoot it all on site and stuff. And uh, <laughs> I look forward to that. I was, I was interviewed by uh, John Sasquee from Western Bigfoot Exploration. He came down to my institute and uh, interviewed me about this. Uh, uh, they had actually gone up to the Patterson-Gimlin site and showed the difference from when they was there and what it is now. And uh, yeah, that's when he revealed to the world uh, that uh, Jerry had drawn the map. But anyway, any more questions? <laughs> I think I think the the you know so obviously Jerry didn't Jerry didn't see a Bigfoot to have like a like a face to face interaction but he right. he got he got the footprint you know saw saw the results of them are probably around around the logging camp and and all and all that kind of stuff so you know I think that the everybody is always theorizing about okay so what what the heck is this thing like is this a giant primate you know you know type ape kind of a thing or are we talking about you know something more supernatural uh what 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 are we talking about when we're talking about like like bigfoot because every, everything that i think everybody has in their mind is this kind of fictionalized version of yeah, yeah. what a bigfoot would actually be what, what do you think it actually is well this is one of the things we address in the film because i think it's very important um this whole thing i mean there's whole things about oh it's a ufo it's it's alien it's supernatural and blah 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 and, you know, there are things out there, entities, internet, interdimensional beings, demons, whatever you want to call them, they can manifest as anything they want to. So if you're already precluded, you're already, uh, you know, in that occult world, they can fool you. So they can, there's no, nothing, I um, mean, they can actually appear as a Bigfoot. So that's, that's different. We're talking about flesh and blood, okay? Now we start, we give a lot of history because before it was called Bigfoot, it was called Sasquatch. That was the Indian name. And uh, back in, you know, to, to the early 1600s, there's been reports of wild men in the woods. Wild men in the woods. And uh, I always get offended when I see these pictures of Bigfoot. And he looks like a big ape. And it's like, you know, no. Because <laughs> um, I don't believe in evolution. Uh, evolution is completely fake. I mean, it's a religion. You know, micro evolutions, different macro evolution. They have, oh, Lucy and the Nebraska man and all these things have been all proven to be totally fake. And uh, there is a whole, you know, that's a whole show in itself. But uh, um, there are people that, scientists who say, well, there's no evidence, but, uh, you know, maybe millions and millions of years, you know, makes up for it. And uh, somewhere in there and blah, blah, blah. And you can't, you can't do that if macro evolution were true there'd be billions of pieces of evidence showing transitional fossil you know transitional uh, uh fossils from species in transition there are none zero um but micro evolution is completely different that's the adaptation of species you know like uh, 
Um, why are the dogs in Alaska have thicker coats and, uh, uh, you know, the air, species adapt to the environment? Now, in the 1700s, or I guess it was the 1800s, um, well, somewhere between there, there was huge earthquakes. There was a great uh, matterous uh, fault that went off and, and literally the Mississippi flowed backwards. Um, whole parts of Oregon rivers were decimated because mountains fell and, uh, you know, a lot of the Indian tribes were like most of them were destroyed. And uh, uh, I mean, it happened right in their village and whole rivers were rerouted by the falling rocks and they freaked out and they went into the woods and, and uh, um, you know, a lot of the children and a lot of the uh, women were killed. And, uh, uh, you know, so they, they say that it, the possibility of them literally having to adapt to living in the woods completely away from everything and uh, through interbreeding. Uh, I believe that the uh, Bigfoots are human. I believe that they're human. They're just uh, micro adapted. And uh, there is a lot of information uh, uh, from people who have had encounters uh, that, that attest to that. In fact, Gimlin Bob Gimlin was one of the two that shot that video. He was asked when he was he was on horseback and Roger was standing there and they were he was shooting and they saw Bigfoot and Bigfoot was walking and turned around and looked at them. There's a very famous picture. They actually um, uh, took the film, which is really shaky and, and, and stabilized it. So it's stabilized now. You can actually see. And uh, uh, and it was actually a woman. It was a we had breasts, you know. And uh, the thing is that Bob Gimlin said, you know, I had a gun. I mean, I had a gun. And then people, why didn't you shoot it? He goes, well, uh, it was too human. He goes, if it came at me, it was going to kill me. I would have shot it. But it did not shoot it because it was too human. Hello. <laughs> that just exactly undermines our premise, you know. Uh, which, so which, 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 which also would make it would it would make sense with with what you're saying with with the microevolution in the sense of like a like there's obviously there's sightings everywhere around the country even even around the world to a certain degree but but a, but a lot we're seeing obviously like Pacific Northwest Canada Northern California a lot of these places that have really harsh winters it would it would make sense if you're basically a tribe of people that are kind of interbreeding that you know you're su you're surviving up in the mountains in the middle of the woods in yeah. in the harsh harsh winters it would make sense that the biggest strongest and hairiest uh people would would survive and yeah. then and then interbreed and then create yeah. descendants that 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 are that are likewise as well and so yeah. you know from that perspective that 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 would make sense which you know, it, as a Christian, it then it then poses the the theory of do we need missionaries to Bigfoot? I don't know. What do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked to some people. I'm going to have an interview on my podcast. One of them, he has many. Uh, he had many interactions with Bigfoot. He goes to a certain area, and, and uh, there's a whole Indian thing to this too, where some of the Indians believe that that some of their shamans that go out and you know and converse and somehow talk with these uh, these uh, beings and uh, 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 you know they have a language that we don't understand and uh, um, and and I and I think that they're very aware of us but they don't want anything to do with us uh, which is interesting and uh, um, yeah it's just I don't believe that they're they're the missing link and I don't believe they're supernatural oh yeah so Jerry's eldest son Hiram, uh, who is still alive, and uh, his his youngest son Wade Wade Crew, 
um, was very helpful in this screenplay and uh, gave me a lot of real insight into the early years of Jerry. And uh, um, but wait, Hiram said, uh, "Well, you know, I think that they're Nephilim." And I go, "Okay." And he goes, uh, "Because there's a supernatural element to like you would see a Bigfoot and then all of a sudden it would." disappear behind a tree and then 500 feet down you'd see it again like it like it, it went through you know a, a wormhole or something and uh but what he doesn't understand is that they travel in families so that one that you saw here and disappear and then here is not the same one it's a pack that's traveling so that easily explains that but uh like i say there are elements that would you know are they would love to deceive you and uh, um, people who are prone, who are involved in the occult, who have a third eye open, who, you know, have that, uh, uh, they've been messing around with it. They are more prone to see um, what's called them demonic manifestations. You know, like there's the dog man, there is the moth man, and these are all beings that uh, there's actually no. Every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. No evidence for all other than people's sightings. And they're usually very horrible and surrounded by evil. And uh, it's different with the Bigfoot, you know, because uh, there's actual f footage. There's actual prints. There's actual stuff in, uh, uh, you know, things that uh, it's real. Um, and also there's not this whole sense of ooh, evil and that's typically um, associated with demonic manifestations or you can call them interdimensional being manifestations, whatever you whatever you're most comfortable with. But yeah, I mean, I just interviewed this guy, uh, man, Alfonso. He was uh, the one who was very scared about even talking about because he thought people would think he was a kook. I go, dude, it's way past that. <laughs> Everyone knows you know, like anyone who pays attention, they got a lot of Bigfoot shows on TV and uh, I kind of get a little, uh, I, I can't really watch them a lot of times because uh, it's like that whole ghost hunting thing. <gasps> did you see that? <gasps> did you see that? You know, and they can never really see it. And uh, they just, you know, <laughs> and uh, they may be chasing something supernatural, which is not going to really show its face. And uh, uh, yeah, so there's a lot of stuff that's built into that, but. That was the whole concept of my movie called The Print. It was cutting through all the nonsense and showing what actually happened, the real truth, and discussing the real, what it could really be, and dispensing of all, all this, uh, 
hundreds of years of uh, myth, you know. I talked to this other guy, he goes, oh, that's a hoax. I go, no, where are you? You know, you're not even in the present reality because all that's been debunked, you know, the fact that it was, oh, it's a hoax. It's totally real. And uh, I mean, my, I'll tell you what, my, great, my uncle Jim, my dad's brother Jim, he was trained by my father how to water the roads and everything. And he, he, he was hired to hunt Bigfoot by, uh, there was a guy named Tom Slick, who was a multimillionaire out of Texas. And this is in the 50s and this is the 60s. And uh, there, Peter Burns, this amazing, they call him the Indiana Jones Don Quixote. He hunted elephants. He hunted the Yeti in the Himalayas. And this guy is amazing. This guy who I interviewed like six times. I was like, so honored to even talk to him. It was like, you had to be very careful about your words and stuff. Um, but he's the one that recently passed and stuff. And, uh, and uh, he, he was talking about, uh, uh, he, had, he was hired by Tom Sick to come into Willow Creek and fire six people or just, you know, talk to them and see, because they were hunting Bigfoot for Tom Slick and they were on the payroll. And he came into town. Two of them were in prison. One of them lived in San Francisco. You know, what are you going to find? Bigfoot in San Francisco. And uh, so he went through all of them. He was firing them. So, okay, we don't need your service anymore. Thank you. And one of them was named John Green. And John Green was so mad. Uh, he, 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 he wouldn't even come to the phone. He just had his wife talk to him. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, and he actually was later on wrote a bunch of stuff about Bigfoot. And uh, he was the one that offered 100000 for anyone who could ever reproduce the prints and stuff. Um, but we go into great detail about Bob Titmus, who eventually, he was the one who taught my, my great uncle how to do a tax, how to take a cast, you know, how to plaster cast, to make a cast from plaster. And he was the one that was very skeptical at first. But eventually, I even have a note from Bob Titmus to my great uncle saying, you know what, you're totally right. You're totally correct. I know that they're out there, too. And now I've seen the prints myself, and uh, it can't be explained. So he acquiesced to that. Um, but we go into great detail about uh, Peter couldn't fire Bob Titmus, who had been on the payroll, too. Because I'm doing some secret for Tom Spearing. I can't even talk about it. You guys do whatever you want to do. I'm just, uh, you know, you can only, Tom Spearing's the only one that can deal with me. And so he couldn't fire him. And, uh, and we go into a great detail about uh, <laughs> Tom Slick came to town one day uh, to Willow Creek and uh, uh, they had a meeting. And uh, I, I'm not going to go into it because I'm not going to reveal what happened. But we, we find out what the secret project was. And, and it's just like exploded in everyone's faces. It was amazing. Um, so that's going to be in the screenplay. But yeah, there's just, of course, there's all these kooks involved, too. I mean, all these storytellers and all these people trying to make money off it. And uh, and it was just cutting through all that nonsense. I mean, my my Uncle Jim gave me these uh, stacks of magazines, like uh, uh, just all these different like magazines uh, with Jerry Crew in it, you know. And I studied all of that. And maybe 50 years of yellow newspaper articles I poured through everyone about Jerry and about the Bigfoot and about the Sasquatch and uh, and it was after reading all that and reading everything I could, I found all these other articles online about Peter, Peter Byrne and, uh, that he had written. And uh, then I interviewed him and I interviewed everyone else. And, uh, and then that's, that's when I started writing the script. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, I can't wait to actually be up there. Yeah. And, well, you know, well let, 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 go ahead. 
No, I was gonna say let me let me throw this out there because th- this this is the thing that that I always hear from people that that it's it's kind of like they're intrigued by Bigfoot, they 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 want to believe uh, in it and in in the, in the whole thing, right? But the thing that holds I think a lot of people back, obviously there's you know you, you've got you've got the plaster footprint, you've got you've got the video footage, you've got you've got a lot of reported sightings all over the place. But then, but then the the argument is that there's no physical evidence. We don't. We're not seeing hair. We're not seeing feces. We're not. We're not seeing all these things that you would that you would normally see if you're looking for like a bear or a wolf or whatever it is. So, what's the response to that one? Okay. Um, they have found hairs that are unidentifiable for their species. Um, Jim and Peter Byrne found hair. They also found fecal matter and had it uh, analyzed at Berkeley. And it came back where they didn't know. They definitely was carnivorous because there were small animal bones in it. But there are parasites in it that are found in humans and apes. And so there is inf- information out there. There is evidence out there more than anything else. Um, many times in, you know, then there's you have people like Todd Standing in Canada who uh, you've, you've met. And uh, mm-hmm. um, he has kind of a spurious past about uh some things and and i think he faked some of these photographs and uh um i mean there's always going to be that jokester out there that person who wants to get in on things and he you know here's say oh i I can take you to meet a bigfoot anytime you know okay and uh so it's like swimming through a soup of uh people with different motivations and uh that's why i mean even peter burns said that jerry crew had the most integrity of any person he ever met and that's why when I finally like let it out that that's my great uncle, man, I met people that just said, oh, you don't understand. He is like the father of Bigfoot. Um, he is so revered in that community, Jerry Crew. And uh, uh, there's a show called Missing in Alaska. And I used to run an institute and I gave tours. I had a museum and all this crazy stuff. And uh, I had the head of Bigfoot. It was fake. But I just would tell the story of Jerry Crew. And these two guys came down. They were on the show, Missing in Alaska, uh, Ken Gearhart and Jax. And uh, they, I, we got through the tour, and I was talking about Jerry, and they were freaked out. And they're like, Jerry Crew. And uh, uh, actually, Ken Gearhart speaks all over America at all the Bigfoot functions. He also does things on Mothman and Dogman and, um, and the giant birds and stuff like that. So cryptid, cryptids. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, the the reverence that people in the know that have for Jerry Crew is very comforting to 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 find that out. And uh, yeah, yeah. Why 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 do you think that we haven't been able to to like track them down? Why why do you, why like what 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 is it about them that that makes them so difficult to find? Um, I think that they uh, they are tuned into another level of awareness because of the situation that they live in and through hundreds of years uh they've had to uh like i say they, they're they're on a different wavelength i don't mean to sound all new agey but they literally have to live in the wilderness so uh and they're very aware of us and they don't want anything to do with us and although there's many instances of people who have been kind to bigfoot and bigfoot have returned things and give them gifts, you know, like three little stones and a little this and that. And there are people that have reports of feeding bigfoots, you know, leaving deer. Or uh, there's many instances of people, hunters, that have left deer for them and, and even baskets of fish. And uh, and uh, they start leaving things for them, and they would they would find that they 
during the night there'd be things left on their on their shed, you know, on their on their porch. Uh, and even at one point, this guy interacted like that, and he brought the original basket back that he le- originally gave him with fish. Um, so there's a lot of interaction. You just have to dig for it because people, you know, they love to say, oh, that's fake. And they, they, they do that to everything. And, uh, but if you really dig, 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 you'll see a lot of stuff that, uh, uh, you can't, you can't, you can't say it's fake, you know, it's just totally real. Um, so it's, it was really amazing to go on this journey because I, I'm a researcher anyway, and I just found so much stuff. Uh, um, there was one point where that Ray Wallace guy, uh, you know, he was very greedy, and uh, he, he, he heard that Tom Slick was coming to town. So, well, I want to meet Tom Slick, and uh, so Peter Burns said, okay, we'll find we'll, we'll meet you at the Willow Creek Inn, the restaurant there, and uh, and so him and Tom Slick, when he came to town, they, they sat in the restaurant, because this guy going to show up? I have no idea. And all of a sudden, Ray Wallace walks in, you know, and they introduce him, he's all like, you know, he's just red-faced, thinking money, 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 money. And uh, he sits down and he goes, well, you know, uh, this is Tom and, uh, you know, I'm Peter. And uh, he goes, well, I, I have a baby Bigfoot. And Tom Slick leans in and he goes, where? He goes, at my place. He goes, how much do you want? And he goes, and he starts sweating. He goes, $25,000. And this is back in 1959. Yeah. And, uh, and Thompson goes, okay. And he pulls out a checkbook, writes it, puts the check on the counter and Ray reaches for it. And he slams his foot down. He says, no, you got to bring it. Yeah. I got to see it. You got to bring it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I'll bring it tomorrow morning. And he, okay. What time? 11 to 11. I'll be here at 11. So, and he kind of like got up and sheepishly walked out in there. And they looked at each other like, <laughs> what do you bet he's not going to come back? You know, like, uh, and the next day they came in, they sat there and they're waiting and, and he was late and he suddenly arrived and, the, and he sheepishly walked in and, and they go, where's the Bigfoot? And he, Whoa, it got sick during the night. I had to let it go. You know, it's like, oh, okay. So, I mean, there's, there's nine very famous letters that, that he dictated and sent out to people. Because I don't think he could write, uh, but just crazy, crazy stuff about, yeah, the uh, Japanese they got all the Bigfoots and they shipped them off to Hong Kong, and uh, um, the UFOs they come down and let these Bigfoots out, and uh, uh, you know all this crazy stuff, and uh, like that's what he did. And he was a big storyteller, but uh, that's why he could never have uh, stood to the questions of a, a sharp reporter. That's why they waited till he died to announce that he was Bigfoot. You know, but let me address this one thing about finding bones. Uh, there are some people that say that they they're, they bury their, their, their dead. They bury their dead. And that's why you can't find any bones. Um, and that, once again, underlines the concept of them being human and not animal. They're not some kind of animal. Um, yeah, they're not. Uh, so um, that's probably... I mean, I, I believe that I believe that that's why you don't find that you don't find bones. There have been people who have found dead Bigfoots and shot Bigfoots, and somehow um, there's a, a lot of stories of the government coming in and taking it. Um, when Mount St. Helens exploded, there were many reports of the government, FBI, going up to uh, Mount St. Helens and removing things. 
And some say that they took away a lot of the Bigfoot uh, bodies that they found. And actually, the FBI came out with this with a newspaper article in this, like, uh, I guess it was the early 90s or something that saying, yeah, we have um, we have documented Bigfoot and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you can look it up, FBI Bigfoot article. Um, so they're slowly, they just don't, they don't want, they want to be in control of everything and things like that. And um, even the whole UFO phenomenon is kind of outside of their realm of control. So they don't like that. So uh, <laughs> well, it's interesting with the U, with the UFO side of things, because, because, you know, because you could look at it from a couple different directions when it, when it comes to, okay, so why would the government, you know, cover things up like that or confiscate things and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Cause, cause more, more, more than like, and this is just my assumption of my guess, more than likely a lot of that is just, government technology and they're using ufos as a cover for developing technology that they don't want other countries to know like right. that that makes logical sense but why you know but then if there's reports of the fbi and the intelligence agencies and our government coming in and confiscating evidence of bigfoot what what would be the reasoning and the justification for that i get the ufo side but what's the justification for doing that with bigfoot um, I think it's just something that's beyond their control and they want to control everything and they just want, you know, they don't want a uh, public outcry. They don't want to make people freak people out. They want to, they want to be in control. It's the narrative, you know, and uh, I think that would be uh, ample justification for uh, removing that uh, because that would, uh, you know, that would be caused quite a ripple. Um, but I mean, the whole UFO thing, I mean, I, I don't believe, I think they're about, um, uh, about 80% hidden technology, because uh, they're always like 50, 50 or some odd years advanced what we even know about. Um, and I think that there is uh, uh, about 10% uh, of it being um, demonic or uh, from inter interdimensional beings. I believe that there is something that we haven't talked about and my a friend of mine i do podcasts with brian sadler he's from demon erasers on tiktok brilliant guys the research is incredible and he he 100 believes that bigfoot are nephilim and if you don't know what nephilim is uh you know there's huge much hidden history about giants uh in land in going back you know columbus and uh the Smithsonian uh, has supposedly a whole basement full of stuff they've removed because they don't want people in America to know about the giants. And this goes back to biblical, you know, Book of Enoch and the Bible. They mentioned the giants. And, uh, and uh, the Nephilim were fallen angels who mated with women, human women, and produced men of great renown or giants. And uh, there was a whole whole thing about that where uh, from a biblical perspective it was the lucifer's idea to ruin the seed of of abraham and jacob uh so jesus the messiah could never come forth because he had corrupted the seed lines and a lot of these things that were uh, mythological creatures you know like the dog men and all the crazy stuff you see uh, in egyptian lore and stuff they were actual living entities that were um, created by uh, these fallen angels. Um, so they, they did all kinds of genetic experimentation with animals and half human and all kinds of crazy stuff. And that, some say that's why the great flood took out most of them uh, because the humans were so corrupted by a, that bloodline that they had, God had to remove it. Um, you know, and like people scoff at the biblical stuff, but you know what, everyone who's uh, has 
taken upon themselves to prove the Bible to be fake has literally become a believer. <laughs> because you can't take through that stuff and find you find it's totally true. And it's the most accurate historical uh, uh, thing in the world. There's never been um, a, a book like this that has that they continually find more archaeological digs that prove the Bible was exactly correct. Uh, so absolutely fascinating stuff. But that's a whole other subject. But I don't believe I believe that uh, they're definitely Nephilim and they're definitely coming back, you know, uh, because uh, we're going into this time when uh, it was like as in the days of Noah, which is just that, you know. I mean, I believe that there was technology derived from Nephilim um, by the Nazis. You know, the, uh, there's a book called The Reich of the Black Sun, which is about technology. They, they were deeply involved in the occult. And uh, they believe that they got technology from what we would call demons uh, or fallen angels. And uh, a lot of times people say, you know, these sightings of UFOs, that is actually, it's either hidden technology or it's actually a fallen angel disguising himself as it. Because anything to undermine what the Bible says is what they're all about. Um, because they're, you know, the father of lies, who's the Lucifer. He's there. He's the one that did, that uh, got them all to fall. But uh, once again, I mean, I love all these subjects. So, I mean, I can go into a whole show about that. But yeah, it's fascinating. We do we do a whole series on the coming invasion about the fake UFO thing that's going on right now. People are starting to, oh, yeah, here's UFOs. And uh, oh, the government's saying now there's UFOs. And uh, Tucker Carlson, all these people, you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's real. It's real. And some people say, that they're going to, there's something called Project Blue Beam, where they're able to, to actually create three-dimensional uh, holographic images right in front of your face, and you think it's real. I mean, they want to stage the second coming, you know, and uh, stage an alien invasion. And if they did this, and they use drones to, you know, through with the uh, direct energy weapons, which they have, uh, they could stage a fake alien invasion and people would die. I mean, there would be carnage and because fear is what drives everything. Fear. If they can put fear into people, they can make them do anything, i.e. the scamdemic. You know, people were shaking in their in their boots with these fake images of people dying immediately in China. They showed that a million times with the death clock and everything. And it was all fake. It was all turned out to be fake, you know. And so... Uh, yeah, fear drives everything. Fear drives everything. So, but I mean, there's so many subjects. <laughs> but if you want to, if we do a lot of stuff on Nephilim and UFO stuff and on uh, uh, Fourth Watch Files on Rumble, and we're going to start up those shows again too. I'm just, uh, I'm just setting up my new office, so I mean, we're getting, you know, acclimated. But yeah, but I mean, Bigfoot to me is, uh, it's always been in my family. Uh, when I was in fourth grade, I went and did my book, my show and tell one day. And I went in, I, I'm going to talk about Bigfoot. So I went up and I was getting in front of the class and I was talking about Bigfoot, what I had heard, you know, you be careful because they're real. And everyone, the teacher goes, no, that's just a myth. You know, it's just fake. You know? And I'm like, I was practically in tears. And I, and I went home that night and my father was a doctor and he, he would come in late from, from, uh, the rounds and her surgery at hospital and stuff. And I had him hook up a intercom from my third story to the basement where he'd come in. So I could talk to him right when he gets home and stuff. And he had hooked it up. He didn't tell me. Anyway, he came back and he goes, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? And I go, well, I told him that they didn't believe me. And, and 
at school. They didn't believe me. They said it was fake. Even my teacher said it was fake. And he goes, he goes, hold on. And he walked out of the room and he came back and he brought the cast, one of the casts of Jerry. And he set it on my, on my counter, on my desk. And he goes, your great uncle took this. You know, when you know the truth, you don't have to worry about what other people say. You know, in your heart is true. And that's it. It doesn't matter what the people say. People say anything, you know, so just don't, don't be thrown by that. And, uh, uh, you know, and so that was really interesting. And I was like, oh, and, and he goes, good night. He, he prayed with me and turned out the light and he went. And I got up and I got a flashlight and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, man, this is so great. And all of a sudden I'm coming back to the bed and all of a sudden I hear, you know, like scream, like Bigfoot. And I'm like, ah! and I jumped in bed. And I was like, ah! and my father ran up from the basement roaring with laughter. And he had gone down to the basement and howled like a Bigfoot through the uh, intercom. <laughs> it was so, he was like that. And uh, I'll never forget that. But he goes, no, that was me. That was me. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, but he was another man with great integrity. He was actually a cardiovascular surgeon and uh, very well respected. And uh, he had a, a wound care uh, um, office named after him at one of the local hospitals in San Francisco, actually Daly City. Um, and he's actually he involved in healing people with from flesh eating bacteria with this stuff called neutrophase, which is a it's a miracle water. It's white made from white blood cells. And he actually healed people. You can you can Google that articles on flesh eating bacteria. Dr. John Crew, and you'll see. Um, yeah, the pictures are ah, they're really crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just uh, I've been I've grown up around this. And I remember meeting Jerry as a kid. He came in, he had these little silver balls of foil and he would like do magic and stuff. Because he learned to do that too. He taught Indian Hopi kids Bible school uh, every Sunday. And uh, he would, you know, do stuff like that, and, you know, get, put them at ease. And uh, um, so he remember he taught me my first trick. It was called the French drop. You know, you take a quarter and you like this, but you really drop it in your hand and it looks like it disappears. And that. And uh, <laughs> I mean, he wasn't a professional at all, but uh, uh, he just uh, had that knack of working with people. So, but yeah, crazy stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so if if people want more info, where where on Bigfoot itself, where would you point people? What what do you think are the reliable sources for the not reliable sources? And, and we've only got a couple minutes, but I wanted to you know kind of allow you to kind of put put out put that some of that research out there that that you've been able to find. Well, I mean, there is Bigfoot, Western Bigfoot Exploration, and they're on Instagram, and that's John, and uh, there's many different sites. Uh, that's a really reliable one. Uh, um, there's their BFO, uh, Bigfoot uh, uh, Organization, and <clears throat> just type in Bigfoot and see what comes up. And uh, you know, But there's going to be all these kooks out there, too, people that are... Uh, that I don't believe understand, you know, there's a lot of different things that, that flavor their research, you know? So, you know, you just have to be, you have to have discernment and, uh, um, but you, I mean, I just took it all in and I just weighed it all, you know, and, uh, uh, yeah, you Google Bigfoot, you'll see all kinds Google Jerry crew Bigfoot. You'll see all kinds of crazy articles and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating because a hundred years ago, all the main scientists in the world stood up and they came together and they said, we have discovered every single thing that could possibly be on Earth. 
we're done. There's nothing new that's going to be discovered. And then two weeks later, quantum physics was discovered. <laughs> so there, it's man is like so full of himself, you know, like and there's a God, a creator that is so far beyond what we can conceive of. So there's no problem for me understanding that uh, so many things are out of our ability to understand, um, you know, things that God does reveal to you. And, uh, you know, if you if you believe that and I do and, uh, you know, uh, but uh, there is no end to to discovering things in the world. There's no end to it. So you just got to have an open mind, but you have to also weigh it out, you know, weigh it out. So. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. So I highly encourage everybody to go, go subscribe to, you know, Carl show, show fourth watch files. You guys can find it on rumble, Apple podcast, Spotify, all, all the, all the usual places. But Carl it was a blast having you on. I'm glad we could actually sit down and kind of decipher between reality and, and fiction when it comes to this. Cause there, there's a, there's a lot of both when, when, when it comes to Bigfoot. Oh yeah. Uh, well, with anything actually, but yeah, especially that there's a lot of the nations. I had people come out and say, Oh yeah, that's it. You're, you're, your your uncle faked it. You're faked it, and I immediately came up with a picture showing the two cats. Here, no, you don't. You don't even know. You know, uh, yeah. you, you have to research. You just don't say whatever's going on. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love it all. So yeah, thank oh, you yeah. for coming on. No, yeah, no, absolutely. It was, a bla- it was a blast talking to you. I highly encourage everybody to go subscribe to a show. Uh, what way you guys are, are going over there as well, hop over to my Substack, jeffdornick.substack.com. That way you guys get all of my shows, articles, and interviews directly in your email inbox. You don't have to worry about algorithms and all that kind of stuff. And then as well, do not forget to go to pickaxe.com, P-I-C-K-A-X.com. Sign up for that social media platform. We're launching beta in January. You guys want to be a part of that, P-I-C-K-A-X.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. We shall catch you guys next time. Okay, guys, I hope that that was a fun episode for you guys. Again, uh, go check out Fourth Watch Files. That's Carl Cruz's show uh, right here on Freedom First Network. They're going to be ramping things back up with some interesting, interesting topics. They'll talk about everything from UFOs to Bigfoots to you know mythological creatures to demonic activity to all things supernatural. So go look up Fourth Watch Files at FreedomFirstNetwork.com, Rumble, Apple Podcasts, all the usual places to catch the shows. You guys do not want to miss a single episode. It's it, they, they push the boundaries of what you think is real because they've got actual documentation for everything they're talking about. Okay, so look up Fourth Watch Files. Make sure you guys are doing that. Uh, go subscribe to my Substack, jeffdornick.substack.com. It is the only way right now that you guys can make sure that you guys get all of my shows, articles, and interviews directly in your email inbox. You don't have to worry about algorithms. You don't have to worry about social media because, hey, remember, we're launching our own social media platform called Pickaxe, which you guys can sign up for today at pickaxe.com. It can be a completely constitutionally protected free speech platform with, with algorithms that work on your behalf instead of against you, and we're not beholden to big tech at all whatsoever. So sign up for that at pickaxe.com. But until that launches next month, you guys want to be a part of my Substack, jeffdorn.substack.com. Get all of my content emailed directly to your email inbox. You never miss an episode, never miss an interview, never miss an article. Okay, jeffdornick.substack.com. Sign up for that today. And then as well, I got some really cool uh, patriotic merch over on my store, jeffdornick.com slash store. Uh, my favorite shirt that I that I still rock is the, is the Don't Shed on Me shirt, especially in light of everybody getting jabbed. They're trying to ramp up more jabs. Sorry, I don't want any spike proteins, whether it's from injections or from shedding, okay? So rock this shirt. It's awesome. It's it's basically like the Tea Party logo meets uh, meets uh, anti-vaxxer. You, I'm seriously, you guys, just even just to go look at it, go to jeffdorn.com slash store. Use promo code Jeff. You guys get a 10% discount over there. Make sure that you guys are doing that. But you got some really cool shirts and merch and books and all that kind of stuff over there at, at my website. So jeffdorn.com slash store. That is it for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I truly, truly appreciate it. We shall catch you guys next time.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.